0: chapter eight of the wild irishman by thomas william hodgson t w h crossland this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by john brandon chapter eight priestcraft are there too many priests in ireland yes is dublin black with them yes do they appear to be as frequent on the countryside as crows yes are they extorting from the irish people money which is sorely needed for secular purposes yes here you have four pertinent questions which invariably crop up whenever ireland is discussed together with the average answers to them it is the priests cry both well and ill-informed according to the latest critic who it seems once occupied the somewhat superfluous position of literary editor of the daily mail one of the heaviest drags upon the life of ireland is the religious vocation the monasteries and nunneries prosper and increase choking and interfering with the circulation of labour and of industry in the country also it is my profound conviction that a large proportion of the present misery in ireland is not only bound up with but is actually a result of the country's religion also the houses of the people Are so indecently poor and small the houses of the church are so indecently rich and large out of the dirt and decay they rise proud and ugly and substantial as though to inform the world that at least one thing is not dying and despondent but keeps its loins girded and its lamps trimmed this roughly is the indictment appended are some of the figures upon which it is based mr michael mccarthy himself a catholic says a cardinal three archbishops twenty-five bishops two mitred abbots and two thousand seven hundred twenty-two secular priests together with a host of regular priests of all the different orders such as jesuits franciscans vincentians holy ghost carmelites passionists augustinians mary immaculate dominicans cistercians marists redemptorists and so forth all of whom flourish in ireland such is the force which constitutes the formidable clerical army of the catholic church in ireland and its auxiliary forces are the numerous orders of nuns christian brothers lay brothers attached to the regular orders and so forth together with the great body of catholic national teachers male and female who are under the control of the priests and teach catechism in the churches, the parish priests as managers of the parochial national schools, having the power of dismissing the teachers. May it not be said of this great organization, adds Mr. McCarthy, that it is on a scale such as few nations would be able and willing to afford. To dispose of the indictment first, we may quote a little further from the author of it, he writes so far as they are individually concerned they the priests are in many cases the true friends of the people they help them in their affairs settle their disputes claim for them their rights comfort them in their sorrows admonish encourage cherish and watch over them this is at the best at the worst they are hard and cruel selfish and unjust overeating and over-drinking a grotesque and monstrous company but these are the minority, and on the whole the priests perform the duties of a dreary life as well as could be expected of a narrow and half-educated class of men. Now, if this means anything at all, it means that the person responsible for it believes that the Catholic priesthood of Ireland is socially useful and necessary. The minority of its members are hard and cruel, selfish and unjust, which is true of the minority of other priesthoods besides the Irish. But the majority are the true friends of the people helping them in their affairs settling their disputes claiming for them their rights comforting them in their sorrows admonishing encouraging cherishing and watching over them how the majority manages to accomplish so much if it is composed of a narrow half-educated class of men passes comprehension but we have the fact that it manages it which is satisfactory further our friend omits in the plenitude of his deprecation to mention that the religious vocation in ireland is by no means the softest easiest and rosiest of vocations amounting indeed to a species of spiritual and physical servitude of the severest kind and that the religious orders so far as they may be represented in monasteries and nunneries are self-supporting subsisting austerely on the labour of their own hands and devoting themselves to the most arduous charitable and educational work without fee or reward and as to indecently rich houses of the church such an epithet as applied to the catholic churches of ireland is quite preposterous there is no indecently rich catholic church in all ireland that there are protestant churches with incomes amounting to a comfortable number of hundreds per annum and not a half a dozen souls, in the way of a bona fide congregation, may be granted. But the Catholic Church, with as little as a hundred pounds a year and no congregation, does not exist. Neither can it be maintained that the Irish Catholic churches are indecently rich in the matters of architecture or adornment. The long-drawn aisle and fretted vault, gorgeous windows, splendid altars and vessels, or other elaborate fitments, being the exception and not the rule indeed our author himself complains that the ugliness of the churches in ireland is revolting to the healthy sense and that the decorations which enshrine the mysteries of the mass are cheap and hideous so that on his own showing indecently rich somehow fails to fit in now for the figures the population of ireland at the last census was roughly four million five hundred thousand and the population of England and Wales, 32,500,000. In Ireland, there are three archbishops and twenty-five bishops without reckoning Episcopalians. In England and Wales, there are two archbishops, thirty-three bishops, eight assistant bishops, and twenty-seven bishops suffragan. Without reckoning, one Roman Catholic archbishop and fifteen bishops, and the chiefs of the Wesleyan Methodist, Methodist New Connection, Primitive Methodist, baptist congregational free church salvation army church army calvinistic unitarian catholic apostolic and a host of other bodies in the matter of hierarchy therefore ireland is not exactly overburdened even if it be admitted that she should take her pattern from england then as against ireland's two thousand seven hundred twenty two secular priests England boasts the amazing total of 23,000 beneficed and unbeneficed clergy, plus from 7,000 to 10,000 nonconformist ministers and 20,000 Salvation Army officers, so that at a moderate computation, while there is one priest or minister of religion to every 500 of the population in England, there is only one priest to every 800 of the population of Ireland. The ratios indicated may not be exact, but they are based on Whitaker, and pretty near the mark. Taken another way, the position amounts to this. In an English townlet, of from 3,000 to 4,000 population, you will find as a rule a couple of vicars, three or four curates, a Wesleyan minister, a Baptist minister, a congregational minister, a Catholic priest, and a couple of salvationists in an irish townlet of the same size you have probably six catholic priests and a solitary episcopalian dreadful is it not being mainly of one sort as it were the priests of ireland appear to be much thicker on the ground than the clergy and ministers of england but it is nothing more nor less than an optical illusion one of those many illusions upon which judgments about ireland are usually formed as to places of worship it has been charged against the irish church that she builds too much the traveller walking or driving across the wastes of that empty land says the author previously quoted will nearly always find the first thing to break the monotony of the horizon is a spire or tower and when he arrives at the desolate little huddle of cabins or cottages that makes a town he will find dominating and shadowing it the catholic chapel sometimes indeed the buildings are poor and rough but these are becoming fewer and fewer and are now gradually even in the poorest districts being replaced by structures strangely out of keeping with the ruinous poverty around them the last few years have seen in ireland great activity in the building of these chapels the very slight increase which has taken place in the standard of living has made the movement possible assuming this to be a just statement of the case is it not equally true of our own england has not the building of churches chapels and general places of worship proceeded as merrily in the poorer districts of the larger english towns during the past decade as ever it did in ireland where can you turn in england without seeing a spire where is the townlet or suburb or slum that has not got its brand-new red-brick anglican church or its ruddy stone-fronted bethesda or its castellated prison-like salvation barracks furthermore the english temples are seldom half full you have to provide a sort of religious variety entertainment with services of song magic lantern sermons brass bands and the like to get the people in at all whereas the churches of ireland are full to overflowing and the congregations do not require the lure of a steady succession of novelties or indeed any departure from the prescribed offices the fact is that the irish church and the irish priesthood have been cruelly and brutally maligned by pretty well every sand-blind writer and carpet-bagging politician who has visited the country we have blamed upon the church poverty and distress and ignorance and squalor which are the direct outcome of bad government and not of priestly cupidity we have said in effect to our irish brethren you are too indigent to have a religion or churches or spiritual guidance every penny you pay for these things is sheer waste of money particularly as it keeps our rents down. Inasmuch as you are of one church and one mind, which is a thing unthinkable in this free and enlightened England, you are slaves and soulless. But the Church of Ireland goes on its way, and in the words of Archbishop Croke, which, by the way, Mr. McCarthy, Irish Catholic, quotes with a sneer, the Irish priesthood, Holds possession of the people's hearts to a degree unknown to any other priesthood in the world. End of chapter eight. Recording by John Brandon.